Okay, we are continuing together our study in our book, From the Garden of Eden to the Glory of Heaven. And we've been talking about the Abrahamic Covenant. And we are dealing today with chapter 7, which talks about the new covenant fulfillment of the Abrahamic Covenant. Now, uh, you need to think of the Abrahamic Covenant as uh, being, uh, if you will, the foundation of all the subsequent covenants. So we have the Abrahamic the Abrahamic covenant, okay? And out of that flowed two covenants, all right? There was the old covenant and there was the new covenant. Now, you know that there were three promises given to Abraham in the Abrahamic covenant. We've been over them and over them. Remember what they are? The three? What are they? The land, the seed, and the blessing. Okay, so the land, the seed, and the blessing. Those are the three promises that are in the Abrahamic covenant. Now, what God did is He made a covenant, in fact, two of them, with the seed of Abraham. He made the old covenant with the physical seed of Abraham. All you had to do to be in the old covenant was was have Jewish blood and be circumcised on the eighth day, and you were in. Didn't matter if you were saved or not. You were the physical seed. If you had the mark, in your flesh, you were in. Okay? Now, the old covenant was made with a physical seed, the physical descendants of Abraham, 100% of them, some of whom were saved and some of whom weren't. But the issue of being in the old covenant wasn't whether you were saved or not. The issue was, were you a descendant of Abraham and did you have the mark of the covenant on you? Okay? Now, the three promises were fulfilled under the old covenant. Did... Uh, Abraham have a seed. Yes, he had Isaac, right? And he had Jacob. And Jacob had um, the 12 patriarchs, okay? And they went down to Egypt and as, as 70 people. And they came out of Egypt as a couple of million people. And with those physical descendants, the old covenant was made, right? With the people who came out of Egypt. Deuteronomy, strike that, Exodus 19 and 20, all right? Now, with these people, the three promises were kept. There was the seed. They got the land. Remember our memory verse in uh, Joshua chapter 24? Okay. That God gave them all the land that he promised them. And they had blessings. They had tremendous uh, blessings in that they were given um, a lot of material blessings in terms of prosperity and and victory over their enemies, and uh, uh, they, got, um, they got the scriptures given to them. They had the deposit of the word of God. So they had many blessings, and of course, they were a blessing in that through them, the light of the gospel and the scriptures were spread to the nations around them. Okay? However, this was not the end of the Abrahamic covenant, though it was completely fulfilled 
under the Old Covenant, there was a much greater fulfillment of those same three promises that was going to take place under the New Covenant. And so the New Covenant is made with the spiritual seed of Abraham. And of course, the spiritual seed consisted of those who uh, had the faith of Abraham. And that's what our memory verse today says. It says, Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham, Galatians 3 and verse 7. So they all have circumcised hearts, and they all have Abraham's faith. And of course, Abraham had a circumcised heart, and Abraham had faith. And so those who possess those two characteristics are his spiritual seed, irrespective of whether they are his physical seed. Now, clearly, some of Abraham's physical seed also were his spiritual seed, namely the 11 apostles, right? Okay. And, and so with them was made the new covenant. And of course, the spiritual seed also included the Gentiles. That is you and I who had circumcised hearts and who had the faith of Abraham uh, in, in the promised seed, the Messiah. Now, the thing I want to point out to you is that the Abrahamic covenant in terms of the three promises, the land, the seed, and the blessing were fulfilled under the old covenant in a smaller way. Those same three promises, the land, the seed, and the covenant, pardon me, and the blessing are going to be fulfilled in a greater way under the new covenant. Okay, so the subject of our chapter today in our study is how the Abrahamic covenant is fulfilled under the new covenant in terms of the three great promises and the fact that these fulfillments are um, much greater than the fulfillment that took place under the old covenant. So the old covenant was made with a physical seed and the three promises were fulfilled the new covenant is made with the spiritual seed of Abraham and the three covenants are fulfilled again, but in a much larger way. Okay, so this is how the Abrahamic covenant is the root out of which uh, the two great covenants of the scriptures uh, grow. Now, <clears throat> I'm just going to read to you a little bit out of our, our book in chapter 7. It says in chapter 5, we said that these promises to Abraham are ultimately fulfilled in the new covenant. In this chapter, we'll look at those same three categories of seed, land, and blessing to discover how they are manifested in the new covenant. In each case, the Lord God fulfilled these promises in ways far beyond what Abraham could have ever expected. Now, the focus of our study today, then, is going to be on how the promise to Abraham of the seed was fulfilled in a much greater way under the new covenant than it ever was under the old. And then in subsequent days, we'll talk about the land and the blessing. But today, I think we'll just have time to talk about the issue of the seed. And so um, he goes on to say, if the major issue for God regarding sinners is a changed heart, then God can make children of Abraham from Jews or Gentiles. 
Because you see what identifies someone as a child of Abraham is not so much that they share his genetic material, as that they share the new birth that he had and they share the faith that he had. And that's why Gentiles can become children of Abraham because they can inherit the two characteristics that Abraham had, namely his regenerate heart and his saving faith. Okay? And so the Bible tells us that there is a seed of Abraham made of people from various nations to whom these promises apply in a far greater way than was ever experienced under the Old Covenant. Now, what I want us to do then is turn to Deuteronomy chapter 18. And um, we're going to look together at verses 18 and 19. Deuteronomy chapter 18 Verses 18 and 19. Now, one of the ways that you could get kicked out of the Abrahamic covenant was if you um, refuse circumcision, right? Physical circumcision. Another way you could get kicked out is if you violated the Sabbath day. Okay? There were various things you could do to get cut off from the covenant community. And one of the things you could do to get cut off from the covenant community was to refuse to hear the prophet that was like Moses who was going to come. Now notice Deuteronomy 18 and verse 18. Deuteronomy 18, 18. God says, and I will raise them up a prophet. Notice the capital P. This is a reference to the Lord Jesus. I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren like unto me, like unto thee, pardon me, and will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. And it shall come to pass that whosoever will not hearken unto my words, which he shall speak in my name, I will require it of him. So what God is saying to Moses is that God's going to raise up a prophet like Moses. And whoever doesn't hear this prophet is going to be severed from among the covenant community of the people of God. Now turn to Acts chapter 3. And we'll see that Peter takes this passage and he applies it to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, in Acts chapter 3, Peter had healed a man who was lame from his mother's birth. And uh, he rose up and he walked, and all the people gathered around. This was a huge miracle. So, uh, in Acts chapter 3, Peter preaches them a sermon. And he says, in verse 19 of Acts chapter 3, He says, Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive until the times of the restitution of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. Now notice verse 22. We have a quotation of Deuteronomy 18.18. 18. 
It says in verse 22, For Moses truly said unto the fathers, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me. Him shall you hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. And it shall come to pass that every soul which will not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. So Peter reaches back to Deuteronomy 18, verses 18 and 19 that we just read. And he applies it to Jesus. Notice verse 24, yea. And all the prophets from Samuel and those that follow after, as many as have spoken, have likewise foretold of these days, these days when Jesus came. You are the children of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham, Abrahamic covenant, and in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. Unto you first God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from his iniquities. And so what Peter is saying to the people is, look, Jesus is the prophet Moses was speaking of. And if you won't hear him, you're going to be cut off from among the children of Abraham. You're no longer going to be in the covenant community. You're no longer going to be counted the seed. So what we see now is that under the new covenant, the seed is being fulfilled in terms of those who hear Jesus Christ, those who believe in him, those who receive him, those who trust in him, those who, if you will, hear his voice, embrace the message of the gospel that he brought. And so what he's saying is that if you don't hear him, verse 23, notice it shall come to pass, verse 23, that every soul that will not hear Jesus Christ... He's that prophet, right? Shall be destroyed from among the people. And this is what Paul is talking about in Romans chapter 11 when he talks about the olive tree, which is the Abrahamic covenant, and how that the um, unbelieving Jews are broken off, right, from the olive tree, and the believing Gentiles are grafted in. This is the exact process he's talking about. So what we see here then is that there's a transformation of the seed from being just purely genetic descendants to being those who have circumcised hearts, who have faith, who therefore hear the Lord Jesus, believe the Lord Jesus. They are counted the children of Abraham. As our memory verse says, Know ye therefore that they which are of faith the same are the children of Abraham. So if you have faith, you become a child of Abraham. You are counted now as Abraham's seed. So when God said to Abraham that he was going to have a seed and he was going to be the father of many nations, the engrafting of the Gentiles into the Abrahamic stock is the fulfillment of that promise because we have people in the Christian church that are from every kindred tongue tongue, tribe and nation on the earth. And they're all what? Children of Abraham, right? So you have Christians that are Chinese and you have Christians that are Russians and you have Christians that are Brazilians. And uh, Abraham has truly become the father of many nations. Now he became the father of many nations literally because he had Esau and he was the father of all the, I mean he had uh, uh, Ishmael, he was the father of all the Ishmaelites, the Arabs, he had 
uh, Esau, who was the father of all the Edomites, and then of course he had children by Keturah, uh, his second wife, and they all became mighty princes and heads of nations as well. So it was fulfilled literally, but it's fulfilled in an even greater way. I mean, what are there, 200 nations on the earth now? I think so. There's 200 nations. And Abraham is the father now of 200 nations because uh, there are Christians from every nation on the face of the earth at this point in time. So what our passage is telling us is that who are the children of Abraham? They are those who embrace the prophet. And uh, what we want to do now is look at a couple of passages in which Jesus himself enunciated uh, this transformation. Uh, Turn to Matthew chapter 3, the Gospel of Matthew chapter 3. Now, John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus, prophesied of this transformation. And uh, in John chapter 3, pardon me, did I say John? I said Matthew, Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. We'll start out at verse 7. Matthew 3, 7. John the Baptist is baptizing. Uh, Well, let's start out at verse 1. In these days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea, Matthew 3, 2, saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus is coming. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. The same John had his raiment of camel's hair and a leathern girdle about his loins, and his food was locusts and honey. Then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and the region about Jordan were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. But, now here's our passage. When he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said to them, O generation of vipers, who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Now, these... These Pharisees and Sadducees were genetic Jews. There's absolutely no question about that. They were genetic descendants of Abraham. But he calls them a generation of Satan. Because who's the viper? Who's the snake in the garden? Who's the serpent whose head is going to be crushed? What's none other than Satan? And so when he calls these people a generation of vipers, notice he didn't call them the generation of Abraham. He called them the generation of Satan. That's what he called them. And so what he said is, you guys aren't the seed of the woman, you're the seed of the serpent. Verse verse 8 Who has warned you to flee from the wrath or come? Clearly, they were under the wrath of God. They were unsaved people. Verse 8, Bring forth therefore fruits, meat or fitting for repentance, and think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father, or Abraham as our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. So John begins to announce the fact that Abraham can have children that are not genetic descendants. He says, God can raise up children of Abraham from someone other than Abraham's genetic stock. All right? Now, let's turn to um, John chapter 8. 
We'll start out at verse 31. Well, verse 30. John 8.30, okay. John 8.30, as Jesus spoke these words, many believed on Him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on Him, If you continue in My word, then are you My disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. In other words, external superficial belief that doesn't transform the behavior and the choices um, does not constitute discipleship. He says a true disciple is one who doesn't just believe, but he's also one who then continues in the word of Jesus. And wasn't that what the Great Commission is? Go ye therefore make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. Right? So there's nothing... Uh, unusual. This is just uh, what Jesus said that those who are saved um, also uh, follow. Verse 33, they answered him, we be Abraham's seed and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, you shall be made free. So they notice what they start out with. We be Abraham's seed. They put a big stock in that. Now we're going to follow this argument through. And uh, let's pick up verse 37. Jesus says, I know that you are Abraham's seed. Now notice the terminology he uses. He says, I'll admit that you're Abraham's genetic descendants. I won't argue that point. It's true. He says, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and you do that which you have seen with your father. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Now, they've changed the terminology. Okay, Before they said, um, we are the seed, we, are, we be Abraham's seed. And now they're saying, we're Abraham's children. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. So Jesus acknowledges, you are Abraham's seed. No argument, but you are not Abraham's children. And what Jesus is talking about here is there's two kinds of descendants out of Abraham. There are those who are genetic descendants, and there are those who are spiritual descendants who manifest the heart, faith, and character of Abraham. And those are the children of Abraham. Verse 40, but now you seek to kill me, a man that has told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. Abraham never persecuted any prophets. You do the deeds of your father. They said to him, we be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, and clearly he doesn't think God is their father. He says, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceed forth and came from God, neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech, even because you cannot hear my words? You are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. And then he goes on. And so what he's saying is that even though genetically you are the seed of Abraham, spiritually you are not the children of Abraham. And he's saying that they're outside the Abrahamic covenant. So what there's been then under the new covenant, which Jesus was bringing in, is a transformation of the consideration as to who the seed of Abraham is. 
It used to be the seed of Abraham was everyone who was genetically related to Abraham and circumcised in their flesh. Now the seed of Abraham is only those, the children of Abraham is only those who do the works of Abraham. That is, they have his faith and they have his heart. And those who are genetic descendants of Abraham, but who do not have a circumcised heart and do not have Abraham's faith, are really the children of Satan, their unsaved people. So this is how the seed has been uh, transformed. Now let's turn please to Galatians chapter 3. The book of Galatians, the third chapter. Now, Galatians chapter 3 talks about this transition from the Old Covenant to the New Covenant. It also talks about the transition of the nature of the seed and how it was fulfilled in a much greater way under the New Covenant than it ever was under the Old. Under the Old, the seed was the physical descendants. Under the New, the seed is spiritual descendants. Notice verse 6, Galatians 3, 6. It says, Even as Abraham believed God... And it was accounted unto him for righteousness. We know that verse. That's that's, uh, Genesis chapter 15 and verse 6. Know ye therefore, here's our memory verse for today. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham, whether they're Jews or Gentiles. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen, that's the Gentiles, that's you and me, through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. Not just the Jewish nation, all nations, the Gentile nations, that's us. So then, verse 9, they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. So we become the seed of Abraham and we inherit all the blessings of Abraham by having the faith of Abraham in the seed that Abraham was going to produce, namely the Lord Jesus. And he brings that up in the subsequent verses. He says in verse 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, as it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Notice verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. How did you get into the Abrahamic covenant? How did you inherit the blessings of the Abrahamic covenant? Answer, through Jesus Christ. Your relationship with Christ brings you into the relationship with the Abrahamic covenant and all the blessings that it contains. And the chief central blessing of the Abrahamic covenant is that God says, I will be your God and you shall be my people. That was Genesis 17, 7 that we memorized together. You remember? Verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be but a man's covenant, if it be confirmed, yet no man disannuls or adds to. In other words, when people make covenants, they're solid, nobody changes them once they're made. All right? Verse 16, now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. We know about that. We've read all about that. He saith not, and to seeds, plural, with an S, as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, singular, 
which is Christ. And this I say that the covenant, the Abrahamic covenant, that was confirmed before by God in Christ, the law, that's the old covenant, which is 430 years after the Abrahamic covenant was made, cannot disannul that it should make the promise of the Abrahamic covenant of no effect. For if the inheritance be of the old covenant, then it's no more of the promise of the Abrahamic covenant. But God gave it to Abraham by promise. Wherefore then serves the old covenant? It was added in order to limit, contain, control transgressions to restrain the sins of the people till the seed, that's Jesus, should come to whom the promise was made and it was ordained by angels in the hands of a mediator. So when we look at the fulfillment of the promise of the seed, it consists in a people who are the seed of Abraham by faith as a result of having circumcised hearts. Furthermore, we look at the promise of the seed given to Abraham. It was also fulfilled in a particular person, namely Jesus Christ. So he's the seed, capital S, and we're the seed, little s. And he makes this argument that the word seed is not used in the plural, but in the singular. And as it's used in the singular and understood in that sense, it's a reference to Christ. When he speaks of the seed as being many nations, it's a reference to us. So when God promised Abraham a seed, he promised him a seed in two senses. He promises him a seed singular, in that this would be the seed of the woman that would crush the serpent's head. And he promised him a seed, plural, in that he would be the father of many nations. And it would consist of all those people who shared his circumcised heart and his faith. So, under the new covenant, the definition of the seed has been dramatically expanded. And yet greatly narrowed. It was dramatically expanded in terms of encompassing the seed, Jesus, and many nations but it was dramatically narrowed in that it was limited to only those who had circumcised hearts and faith. Now, under the Old Covenant, it was broader. It included people with circumcised hearts and faith and genetic descendants. Those who were genetic descendants only. So it was wider and shallower under the Old Covenant. It's narrower and deeper under the New Covenant. And that's how the seed has been transformed. Now you're in Galatians 3. Turn over to verse 24. It says, Wherefore the law, the old covenant, was our schoolmaster to bring us unto the time when Christ would come. So from Exodus chapter 19 all the way to Matthew 1.1, We had the Old Covenant. What was its purpose? To keep the children of Israel, the covenant community, as a distinct community of people until Christ would come. Verse 25, But after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. After the New Covenant, the faith is come. We are no longer under a schoolmaster. For you are all the children of God. How? 
by faith in Jesus Christ. That's how you become a child of Abraham is by faith. Notice verse 27, For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ to put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female. In other words, the covenant community is no longer defined by genetics or genetic relationships. He says you are all one people, one spiritual genetic stock, if you will, in Christ Jesus. Now here's our key verse, verse 29. And if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So you who have faith in Jesus are all the seed of Abraham. You are the seed that was promised to him. And because you are the seed of Abraham, you inherit all the blessings of the Abrahamic covenant, the chief of which is that God will be your God and you will be his people forever. So this then is how the seed was fulfilled under the new covenant, the promise of the seed. And uh, so Abraham now has a, a, a worldwide family. He has a family that consists of every kindred, tongue, tribe, and nation. The result of the seed now being defined in this fashion is that physical circumcision has now become meaningless. It's no longer a mark of those who are Abraham's children. Just spiritual circumcision and faith. And that's why now... Circumcision has become meaningless. If you have it, fine. If you don't have it, fine. It's irrelevant. It doesn't mean one thing. And so let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. This will be our last verse and then we'll be done. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Verse 18, 1 Corinthians 7, 18, Is any man called being circumcised? Let him not become uncircumcised. Is any man called in circumcision? Let him not be circumcised. Here it is, verse 19. Circumcision is nothing. And uncircumcision is nothing. But what is something is keeping the commandments of God. So, circumcision went from being absolutely indispensable to being absolutely meaningless. Because the nature of the seed changed because the covenant changed. And we had the covenantal transition from the old covenant, which included the physical seed, to the new covenant, which didn't. Therefore, the physical sign was essential under the old covenant, and the physical sign dropped away and became meaningless under the new Okay, any questions? It's not all clear. All right, so that's the fulfillment of the seed under the new covenant. Next week we'll talk about the fulfillment of the land and the blessing. All right, um, let's, let's pray together. Father, thank you for the, the coming of the seed of Abraham, the Lord Jesus. Father, we would hear his voice. We don't want to be cut off from among the people. And so we hear the voice of Jesus and we do believe His gospel and His, and His glorious person as our only hope of salvation. 
thank you for engrafting us, Father, into the Abrahamic covenant through Jesus. Thank you that we are now the seed of Abraham. We are now the children of Abraham, all through faith in Christ. Lord, thank you that we inherit the blessings in the land as a result, which ultimately is, is heaven itself. In Jesus' name, amen.